Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Montana State men bounced back with a huge road win. The Lady Grizz returned to the win column with a road victory. The MSU women celebrated Senior Day in style, and the Grizz men are all of a sudden in a spiral. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Bobcat men had their 11-game winning streak snapped in overtime in Cheney, Washington on Thursday. Saturday, MSU fought its way to a 76-71 win over Southern Utah to stay atop the Big Sky standings. Montana State is 13-2 in league play, marking the most Big Sky victories by a team since helping found the conference as a charter member back in 1970. 63. MSU is 21-6 overall, tied for the best start in school history. The Montana Lady Grizz emerged with a crucial win over Idaho Thursday, then made it two in a row by trouncing Portland State 76-55. UM is now 9-6 in league play, while Portland State is 0-14. In the final women's basketball game of the season in Bozeman, Montana State sent seniors Ashley Van Sickle and Gabby Maki out in style with a 65-47 win over Southern Utah. MSU is 12-4 in league play, alone in second place. And finally, the Montana men are searching after taking the weekend off. UM fell 82 76 to Idaho on Thursday, marking Montana's fourth loss in six games, including three against teams in the bottom three of the league standings. The Grizz did not play Saturday and take the court next Thursday to play at Southern Utah. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Definitely one of the weirdest music videos ever. Sludgehammer, Peter Gabriel. He's got like a dancing plucked chicken. It was like the, the beginning of Claymation. I wish I could show it for you on SWX right now. TSPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Nuana's Now. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Monday. I don't know what to do with myself. Usually... We got the fast-talking, loud, Merle Haggard-loving Coach Marty sitting here with me in studio, Marty Morningweg. But football season's over, alas. So our run of the Monday afternoon quarterback is over. That's okay. We got a lot of stuff to keep us busy this week particularly. Big CI Conference Track and Field Championships in Bozeman this weekend. So I'll be going over to Bozeman doing this show Friday from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Have a ton of coverage of all the Montana native athletes competing in that awesome meet. 
We will also have full coverage for you leading up and then during and after of the rivalry games this weekend as well. Cat-Grizz games, two different days now. Usually it's a doubleheader with the ladies playing in the afternoon or the men in the evening. But this time around, ladies play 7 p.m. Dahlberg Arena Saturday, and the men play at 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon. So sort of a new formula. So we'll have plenty of conversations about all that. Fun tease for later in the week as well. Our ESPN Roundtable this week will f- feature a guy who I've admired a lot in, in my time working in the journalism world, the media world, in the state of Montana, and a guy who I know is beloved around the state of Montana. Longtime former voice of the Montana State Bobcats, Dean Alexander, will join us for our ESPN Roundtable on Wednesday. So very much looking forward to that. Dean is a uh, phenomenal Radio guy. He's just a phenomenal guy in in, in all ways. But um, he'll join us on Wednesday. I also hit up Dave Guffey, former sports information director at the University of Montana, to sort of have a parallel interview talking some historical Cat Grizz stories. But Dave said, hey, love to come on, but can't do it this week. I checked the forecast a couple weeks ago, and I took a plane to Arizona. <laughs> so I told him, hey, my friend, you made the smart decision. You enjoy yourself uh, on your retirement journey and uh we'll catch back up with you so i got an idea actually Uh, just i always try to whenever we're doing cat and grizz coverage if you noticed if you get an interview on one side you're going to get an interview on the other side that's the balance that we try to maintain and let's have some suggestions from you here's your choices Uh, i was mulling over one of three former Grizz head coaches as a a guest on the show all three of whom have joined us in the past all three of whom are awesome guests Text us right now if you have a dog in this fight. Text us right now if you have a preference. It's not about who your favorite is. Maybe just who you want to hear from most. Here's your three choices. Mike Montgomery, which no promises. Mike Montgomery lives abroad quite often during uh, his semi-retired life. The coach for the Grizz throughout most of the 1980s. There's choice number one. You can have Stu Morrill, who was the coach in the late 1980s and the early 1990s. The man who led Montana to their first tournament since Judd Heathcote left when he did it in 1991. Or Blaine Taylor, the coach of the Grizz for most of the 1990s. Any of those three guys, text us right now, 406-888-1029, 888-1029. You have a vote, let us know. Speaking of that Grizz coaching tree, I was at the Hellgate Big Sky boys basketball game Friday night. Great atmosphere, great game. Hellgate was uh, a couple possessions in front for most of the game. They kept Big Sky at arm's length. Then they pushed it to eight with about two minutes to go. And Big Sky slapped on the press, and Trey Reed and the boys, they had their way. They were forcing turnovers. They were getting up and down. They really had Hellgate flustered. They shaved the lead all the way down and forced overtime. But then Hellgate settled in and, and took control and come out with a 61-57 victory. So the Knights have won 11 out of 12. They sit atop the Western AA, and they are the city champions of Missoula this season. But Big Sky, they're very good as well. So, one young man I was very impressed with is Trey Reed. He's an excellent athlete for Big Sky. Fast and quick. I caught up with him a little bit, talking Big Sky hoops, right after this Crosstown game. Here's Trey Reed, a couple minutes from Friday night. Here with Trey Reed. Take us through the end of the fourth quarter, because you guys were down, I think, eight, yeah. and then you started pressing. I mean, why was the press working? How are you guys able to sort of fluster Hellgate? Uh, I feel like it was just all, all our aggressiveness and energy. Like, our bench was bringing the energy. This whole gym was bringing energy, and I think it just kind of got them flustered, and we were able to take control and just get steals. So. How were you guys able to hang in this atmosphere? Because it was wild in here now. It was loud, but you guys had a pretty good support, too. Uh, it's just practice. Like, our coaches, like, prepare us for this moment. We know, like, like times like these are going to get big. And I feel like we're just well prepared. And, we like, we're able to uh, take up the task that's given to us. You guys didn't seem intimidated. I mean, they're, they won 10 out of 11. They beat the number one team in the state on Tuesday. But what was you guys' mindset coming into this game? Because you guys didn't seem scared. Uh, I think our mindset was more we're better. Like, we, we need to go into this game thinking that we're better than every team uh, and when we do that we play good uh, we can't let teams dictate how we play we need to dictate how other teams play 
how close are you guys? Because you guys have had a lot of close games. You guys some big wins, some close losses too. So, I mean, how close are you guys to hitting your peak right now? I feel like we're right there. It's just it come tournament time, if we pull our like all of our stuff together, I feel like we can we can come out and get a pretty good finish in this. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose, but it got it got to give you some confidence to come. I mean, they're gonna be number one in the state next week. Come here overtime. I mean, does it give you confidence moving forward? Yeah, honestly, uh, this is a great team. I'm, I love playing Hellgate, uh, and I mean, they're probably one of the most fundamental teams in the state. And I mean, going toe to toe with them gives us so much confidence. I'm telling you right now, when it gets down to a single game format. Big Sky is a team to be reckoned with. If you could place bets on high school sports, you could get good odds on Big Sky. I would bet on Big Sky because their press and their athletes, they're going to mess somebody up. They're, they're not close to as polished as Sentinel and Hellgate. Actually, well, I shouldn't say that about Sentinel. Actually, Sentinel's kind of down this year. Regardless, Big Sky is a dangerous team to come tournament time. Let's leave it like that. Trey Reed, appreciate him for giving us a minute. How about Connor Dick? He's a multiple sport athlete from Missoula Hellgate. He's the son of former Grizz standout Ryan Dick. And uh, he actually didn't have the best of games on Saturday because he was such a focal point. But he's the leader of the team, and uh, he is one of Hellgate's go-to players. So we caught up with Connor Dick after his team's 61-57 overtime victory over Missoula Big Sky to win the city championship for boys hoops in Missoula. Down here at the Missoula Hellgate gym post game, Hellgate 61, Big Sky 57 in overtime. A crazy game here with Connor Dick, junior from the Hellgate Knights. This was so back and forth and so chaotic towards the end. Big Sky throws a press on. You guys start feeling the pressure a little bit, but then it seems like you really settled in in overtime. So how much did Big Sky's press bluster you? But then how were you guys able to sort of settle in and adjust and then take control in overtime? Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to Big Sky. They did, a, they did a really good job. They worked super hard. They brought it back close at the end, and they had a shot to win it. But defensively, we did a great job of getting that stop. And then we went into overtime and played solid defense, got a couple stops, got a couple buckets, and kind of settled in a little bit. Did the break between regulation and overtime help you? Because it seemed like you guys calmed down a little bit. Yeah, oh, for sure. That was, it was, that was a stressful last two minutes of regulation because we were kind of we were up by like I think six or eight and they kind of chopped back away and tied it up with with 12 seconds left and had the ball so I mean we were just kind of on our heels but then we had that good stop got a break got into a game plan kind of came in overtime feeling a lot better well they're so athletic too so I mean when they do turn up the pressure how challenging is it oh they're a really talented team and yeah they turned that pressure up and we 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 did a we did a really good job of kind of staying composed I mean it was it was so loud in here it was it was crazy well speaking of that I mean the atmosphere was awesome what was your mindset coming into this because I mean both student sections out in full force you guys had another great game last Friday in front of fans you guys are kind of getting used to playing in front of big crowds we've had three really big games in a row and it's uh it's crazy i mean i love it you gotta you gotta love the the environment but i mean it's super loud it was louder in here than it was in the adam center just because it's kind of more packed but uh oh i love it i love our students it's always fun number 14 he came off the bench bogdan he came off the bench and really gave you guys a lift what did you think of his ability to score in the paint he did a great job tonight you know we trust him to make plays when he needs to he steps up one of the best things about our team is, is is we're so deep that we got guys who can step up in different games. We've had, I think, seven or eight different uh, scoring leaders all season long, so it's not like we're just dependent on one or two or three guys. I mean, we're like six, seven deep, eight deep. So that's that's always nice to have. I think, I, I think he was your eighth, eighth different leading scorer this season, so that's impressive. Uh, you guys now number one in the West, so uh, closing on the end of the regular season. Does it, I mean, is it, does it mean something for you guys to win the West? I mean, do you want, is that a, a huge goal of yours is to win the Western double A? I mean, it's a goal, but it's not the end goal. You sure. know, we got, we got our eyes on bigger things. The city championship's nice. You know, we're going into divisionals, but we're taking it one game at a time and we got our eyes on the end goal. 11 out of 12 for you guys. So what's been the key factor? How have you guys yeah. been playing so well lately? Um, I think defensively, our coach has done a great job of harping on our defense and Tonight wasn't as great as we've been in the past few games, but, I mean, we work so hard on defense, and defense leads to, to greater offense. I can't credit my, my teammates enough, Griffin, Griffin, Asher, I mean, all those guys. We all work so hard. Well, last thing for you, you mentioned it, but city champs, that's got to sound pretty good to you. Oh, it's awesome. It's such a – Missoula's so competitive, the three high schools. It's, it's, it always is mixing around, so it's, it's awesome. It's a great accomplishment. So there you go, Connor Dick. So impressed with how polished these guys are, man. Very impressive. It's our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank's been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Head on over to FarmersEbank.com. If you know an outstanding high school senior, they're giving away 10, count them, 10 
$10,000 scholarships to graduating Montana high school seniors. But act now. The deadline is March 15th. Farmer State Bank, presenter of the Prep Extra, as well as presenting 10 $10,000 scholarships to some of Montana's top seniors. It's windy and, and just blustering and blowing and snowing right now, but I bet you this weekend when it clears up a little bit, it's going to be epic on the ski hills. If you're looking for somewhere to go, head on down to Lost Trail. They got their 37th annual steak fry. That means a barbecue dinner, live music, and torchlight parade following a good day of skiing. You can find all the details about this at their website, LostTrail.com. It's 20 bucks for a steak dinner, $12 for a hamburger dinner. So head on over to LostTrail.com backslash steak fry and check on all current conditions and snow conditions. Go to LostTrail.com. Lost Trail. Go for the snow. Snowon is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You've been following along. You know I love documentary films. And I love the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. Well, that's going. Back in full force for the first time in a couple years here in Missoula. So we'll have a ton of filmmakers coming by for interviews, including Hannah Taylor, who's the director of An Accidental Life. And we'll bring in our producer, Andrew Houghton, because he actually conducted and actually set up this interview as well. So just give, you know, briefly, just a 30-second sort of synopsis of what this uh, th- this means and, and uh, what, what this film is all about. And then we'll go into our interview, or your interview, I guess, with uh, Hannah Taylor from earlier today. Yeah, An Accidental Life is the story of Quinn Brett, who is a really competitive mountain climber, a really good one, in great shape. And she, she suffered sort of a tragic fall while climbing at El Capitan in Yosemite. And um, broke her back and and became paralyzed. And this is sort of the story of her adapting to that and uh, learning to adapt to that and grappling with her new reality and also um, about trying to make things better for, for people like her who are still active and who want to be outdoors. I was hanging out at, at Cranky Sam's Public House on Saturday night one of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival parties, got to talking with a couple people, got to talking with Henna, heard about this story, and and thought that we should have her on. So that's what it's about. It's premiering tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, at the Wilma, but we'll have all the the info in this interview. There you go. Henna Taylor, familiar today with our Andrew Houghton. Welcome, everybody, to another one of our repeated segments on the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival this week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year around Missoula. We've had some people in already. We're going to have a lot more people in this week. Storytellers, uh, documentarians, filmmakers. Joining me today for this one is Henna Taylor, the director of the film An Accidental Life, which is showing Tuesday, that's tomorrow, uh, showing at the Wilma, right? Yep, that's right. 5.45 p.m.? That's right, yep. Be there, be square. I was talking to Hen the other night at the uh, at the after party for the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. Just was talking with a couple other filmmakers, ran into her, got to talking about their films, the process of making them, and we got to talking. And I was like, "This is somebody that we need to have on the show because this film just sounds uh, really incredible and and really touches on a lot of." different and important things, but also has a little bit of a sports angle in there. So, Hannah, I guess first off, just tell me what tell me what it's about. Uh, the film An Accidental Life is about um, a woman, Quinn Brett, who um, at the peak of her climbing career fell um, on El Cap and broke her back. And the film chronicles her first two years transitioning into learning how to be um, a person living in a wheelchair. Um, she lost the use of her legs. And so, yeah, it really just stays present with her as she figures herself out for those first two years. And she was a really, I mean, she was a really serious climber. Yeah, no, she was very impressive. Um, she was a speed climber, an endurance climber, a big wall climber. She was also um, a climbing guide in Rocky Mountain National Park. So she was she was in it and strong and yeah, an incredible climber. You met her before the injury, so you knew her before the injury? or, or did I you, did, yeah. yeah. I met her a few years earlier. Uh, my wife is also a climber, and they were projecting uh, the same route on um, a peak called Long's Peak with a really beautiful face called the Diamond, and there's a 
very hard rock climb uh, called The Honeymoon is Over, and they were both working on that. Um, so they would work together sometimes, and that was actually the first climbing film I made was um, I actually taught myself how to shoot climbing, uh, rapping over this very large um, climbing wall and filming them both. Uh, so I met her there, and then, you know, the climbing community is small, so... We've, we just sort of stayed in touch and were acquaintances for a few years, and then she had this accident. That's fascinating to me. Before we get a little bit more into her story, I mean, just mm-hmm. tell me about the process of, of making a climbing film and, and filming these people and, and being on the wall a lot of the times with them. Yeah, a climbing film um, really has two elements to it. The first is the sport. Um, Often, I personally like to use the the climbing sport as a sort of simple handline for a story. There's a there's a very clear beginning, middle, and end to projecting a rock climb, a route. Um, you know, you, you start with the goal and training for it. You then get up there and start working it out, and then you you attempt it, and you either send or not. Um, so I really love to use that very simple process to then go deeper into that person's story and that person's motivation and that person's um, psychology um, or creative outlet. And um, so there are sort of two things going on usually in my, in my climbing films. Um, but yeah, shooting climbing is one of, one of my favorite things because you're, you really can't, once you're on a rope on a wall, that's your angle. So you have to really get creative with just hanging in that spot and figuring out what the best shot is from very limited resources. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a great, it's a great challenge. It has to be really challenging, right? I love it. Yeah. But also, I mean, you, you know where your subjects are going to kind of be, right? Because they have the whole thing mapped out and you can, can you set up those shots beforehand and, and try to get in the right place at least? Definitely. It depends on what kind of, what kind of film it is. Sometimes you really only have the one, the one chance, a lot of mountain, big mountain, uh, attempts and climbs, you, you're only shooting at that one time. And so you just have to hope for the best and put yourself where you think they're going to be and where the, you think the sun's going to be. And it, it's a very, very, I mean, it's the quintessential run and gun. Sometimes you only get the one shot to get the shot. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, sometimes the climber will be projecting this, this one route over and over again. And so, you know, the more they attempt the route, the more I film the route and I can start to kind of hone in on what are the best spots to, to shoot it. So it just depends on the style of, of the climb and then what I have to work with. It's very thrifty. I like it. Andrew Houghton here talking with Hannah Taylor, the director of the documentary film An Accidental Life. Here on Nuanez Now, a, a great story about a, a competitive climber who fell and suffered a serious injury and sort of has had to adapt to that talking about the process of making this film and you said that you knew you knew Quinn before the injury but when did you decide that you wanted to make the film about her after the injury I mean was it sort of really organic or, or how did it play out it was incredibly organic yeah, yeah and it grew naturally um she so she had her accident in California um and then flew back to Cal- to Colorado um a few months after the accident after she was stable enough to come back she lives in Estes Park um, so I visited her with my wife the first time, maybe two months after her accident. Um, and I just had this really strong feeling when I was driving away from spending, you know, however long we were there visiting her that first time that uh, it was, this was an important moment for Quinn and, and potentially for myself and others as well. Um, just to be able to witness and stay with her process. Um, so I called her actually just driving back. It took me about 15 minutes to decide I wanted to come back with a camera and just ask her if it was okay. Uh, if I came back and hung out with her again, and if I could bring a camera and just start to document really organically and naturally with, with no strings attached and with no agenda, sort of what comes up when we hang out and, you know, as she, as she goes through PT and her healing process. Um, and that sort of just evolved into something bigger and bigger and we kept hanging out and the, the time passed and um, it ended up being that we spent, you know, uh, a lot of time together for, for the next two years, um, you know, average once a week, but yes, with big gaps because we both, we both travel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up just sort of being that I was having a lot of fun hanging out with her and I wanted to 
keep doing it and she kept being okay with me coming up with a camera so yeah it was very organic and I didn't know what the film was going to be until about a year after we shot so it was I really wanted to keep the product open-ended having that access and and being there with her and sort of watching her progress through the steps of her recovery just what was that like for for you I mean somebody there and watching her having to go through that and it sounds like a really difficult certainly a really difficult rehab process Oh, yeah. I mean, having the body is, is one thing and, and incredibly challenging to to reteach your muscles how to behave. Um, you know, just learning how to sit up again with a compromised abdomen, you know, losing. You don't, you don't just lose the use of your legs. You also use, lose the use of your, um, it's, yeah, your your biological functioning organs and um, some of your abdominals and depending on where the injury is just up and up and up and it's so physically just witnessing her relearning how to just sit up and to lean back um, to be in a chair was really powerful to see her just learn and and she's a very quick learner so it it was it was really beautiful to see the exponential growth there but psychologically too I mean she was a lot of the conversations we had were just really candid about like you know uh, what is it like to be to have a sort of able-bodied mind but a body that now isn't responding the way that you expect it to um, it was just a very interesting and very touching thing to witness and be a part of well, especially because she was I mean before the injury really in great shape and, and a very good athlete and is used to having control of her body in a way that like a lot of people don't. I mean, even able-bodied people don't have the same control over their body. I mean, but I wanted to ask about being an athlete and, and that going into the recovery process. And I know that, of course, that will help you physically. It's it's easier to recover if you already are, are fit, but the mental aspect as well. I mean, just being accustomed to chasing goals and and doing hard work in pursuit of your goals yeah i mean i i saw her translate all of that mentality to like i said learning how to transfer in and out of a chair um you know the big goal mindset or the the big wall climbing mindset became applied to smaller pursuits but monumental for her now um and for her life too i mean being able to transfer in and out of a chair for example is critical for independence um and she was, is still just an incredibly energetic, very talented woman. And so, um, yeah, her applying all of those, all of that mentality to her recovery, it, she was very impressive. Everybody was very impressed with how quickly she, she recovered physically. Um, but, you know, when you lose your identity and you lose the way that you express yourself in the world, um, it really, I think it really does... It's important to honor the time it takes to rediscover what that is for you now and and can you imagine yourself this way now moving forward. Um, I think it's critical just to be able to see yourself in the future. Um, And it took her some time, I think, to really really get there for herself and I was really honored to be there for that time. Yeah. Andrew Houghton talking here with director Henna Taylor of the documentary film An Accidental Life which is showing at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, 5.45 p.m. Tuesday at the Wilma Theater in downtown Missoula. I can't recommend enough. If you if you have the time, go and see this film. Go and see other films at the Documentary Film Festival. Just get downtown. It's a great atmosphere and a great vibe um, around the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. I've seen four or five films over the weekend, and it's just incredible. There's not going to be a bad one, even if it's a film about a topic that you don't think you're into. It's impossible not to uh, empathize with the subjects of these films and and really identify with them, and it it opens up your mind into thinking in a way that I think is pretty uncommon these days. Certainly for me, I've been thinking deeper about a bunch of topics these last couple days. And I'll, I'll get you out of here, but I wanted to just ask... What was what was the process of making this film like for you? I mean, you mentioned that it was really open-ended. You weren't sure how how the film was going to end, you know, for a long time as you as you were shooting. What was what was it like just continuing to to stack up the footage but not not having an idea maybe of of how it was all going to turn into a whole story? Yeah, it was really it was really um a practice of sort of shutting down my own um 
kind of creative desire to make something. Um, it, it wasn't even that I didn't know what the ending of the film was. It was that I didn't know if there would be a film, really, for about two and a half years. Um, so I had to really... I found myself thinking about the experiences we were having together and the conversations we were having together and, and I would start to edit in my brain what could potentially be the film or the story and, and I had to really shut that down over and over again. It was a very interesting mental process. It was just coming back into sort of the creative present to, be, to, to really be present with her so that I, can, I could um, sort of respect her process but also... Um, yeah, just uh, not try to impose any ending or any outcome for her based on what I wanted some sort of fantastic film to be. So right. I really, I feel like I grew as a filmmaker and as a friend and as a person to just stay present and stay present and stay present and come back to, you know, just I'm I'm here with this person right now and, and we're having a conversation and right, that's the most important thing, um, primarily for our relationship and our friendship, but also for the film eventually. I hoped. <laughs> That's Henna Taylor, director of the documentary film An Accidental Life, showing at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival this Tuesday. That's tomorrow, 5.45 p.m. at the Wilma Theater in downtown Missoula. Henna, anything else that, that people can do to, to support this film? I mean, do you guys have a website, social media? And I guess I should mention you will also be there for a Q&A after the film. I will, yeah. Should have mentioned that a, a couple times. But if, if, if you're interested in it and you want to learn more, Henna will be there to take questions after the film. But, but anything going forward for people to sort of stay involved and see what you guys are up to with this film? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really trying to uh, direct people to an organization called uh, Unite to Fight Paralysis and um, trying to get people, if, if this moves you or touches you in any way, um, to, to just really check out that organization and support them. They're really trying to, to bring more of a spotlight um, nationally onto people who are dealing with spinal cord injuries and trying to bring in more money and more resources and... Um, more, you know, government power to to direct towards finding better uh, equipment, better cures potentially for for this um, type of injury. So we're wanting, if, if this calls to you at all, Unite to Fight Paralysis is is where we want to send people. Is that, is, do they have a website or is that just a, a Google search will take you there, right? Oh yeah, a Google search will take you there uh, first and foremost. Um, but Quinn is really involved with them as well, and she's on Instagram. Uh, Quinn Brett is her full name. Um, and you can follow her. You can, yeah, learn more on those places. But come to see the film first and learn about Quinn because I think she's a really, really inspiring and, um, and very uh, accessible entry into this topic and, and to this whole community who are, who are dealing with this type of injury. Very cool. That's Hannah Taylor who directed the film An Accidental Life about... Paralyzed mountain climber Quinn Brett showing at the Wilma, 5.45 p.m. I'll say it again, 5.45 p.m. on Tuesday. Everybody Get out and out. see it. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much for coming in. House. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. The first Big Sky Doc Fest interview of the week. We also have our Big Sky Podcast Network back up. I did an incredible interview on Friday. Uh, we didn't have time to turn it around for this show. Maybe we'll play some bits of it later on this week. But the world debut of the film Being Michelle, which is all about a completely deaf, completely blind, uh, and severely autistic woman that spent a great deal of her adult life incarcerated in the Florida State Penitentiary. Pretty crazy to think about. Uh, but doing that with those filmmakers was uh, very enlightening. So we'll have that podcast uploaded a little later on this afternoon. Thanks to Andrew Houghton for that interview with Hannah Taylor. Go check out... That documentary tomorrow night, 945, down at the Wilma. We got some more gentlemen in the house. You know you love some hockey. I, I have been reinforced how much Missoula loves hockey this last year. These guys from Hockeyland, right after this, keep it right here. Nuanas now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sports Bet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What up, Montana? Welcome back. ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can find amazing winter savings at the Northwest Motorsport, both here in Missoula as well as online. Visit nwmsrocks.com for the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, SUVs, and more. Take back control of the road with Northwest Motorsport today. Our coverage of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival marches on. We had uh, an interview earlier in this show with Hannah Taylor, who is the director of a great climbing documentary. And now, it's called An Accidental Life. Uh, it uh, debuts at the Wilma tomorrow night, 945. Now, in studio, we have with us Tommy Haynes, Andrew Sherburn, and Ben Handler, all three filmmakers from the now recently released Hockeyland. This thing debuted yesterday here at the Big Sky Dock Fest, and you can now... Find it online. You can stream it uh, on all your various platforms. Uh, just go to the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival website. You can find links to all that. So we'll, we'll start with the most obvious question, Tommy. The film actually was played on a movie screen yesterday. Anybody that's done anything creative, when you have something that you love so much, you invest so much time in, it's a surreal experience when you get to share it with others. But what was it like for you? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we played in the Wilma Theater and this old historic place, say 800 seats. Yeah. Have an audience there. And uh, we weren't quite sure what the reception was going to be in Montana. What's the hockey culture like sure. here? But tons of hockey folks came out, tons of film festival folks came out. And it was, yeah, it was an amazing reception and couldn't be happier. Well, just take us through sort of the origin story of this thing. Uh, you know, when, when did you guys first start thinking about making a documentary about Hockeyland? What did you want it to be about? And then how did that sort of evolve? into what it became about, because sometimes those two things aren't the same. Yeah, for sure. And, well, I grew up watching uh, films like Hoop Dreams and, you know, seeing films like that that were very immersive into the, the culture of, like, basketball in Chicago. Uh, and I grew up in northern Minnesota, and that's where uh, hockey is life, uh, very much like the Chicago scene for basketball. So, you know, ever since I started making films back 15 years ago, I, was, I wanted to do a film like this. Um, and so we went looking for schools in that in that area. Like, what was going to be the best story that was going to happen? We found this small town called Eveleth there and we went into the locker room the first day and you could just tell it was just electric in the locker room moppy hairs kids are swearing and yelling at each other and just so excited to play hockey and we're like this is the story we got to go well Andrew tell, tell us a little bit more about that part because people that um know hockey it's so interesting because North University of North Dakota which is one of the great dynasties in all of college sports their hockey program is second to none they joined the Big Sky Conference. They subsequently left the Big Sky Conference. But I guess she has to go to Grand Forks for football and basketball games several times, but made sure to go to a hockey game, made sure to go tour the arena. I mean, there's banner upon banner upon banner. But you look at the roster, and nobody's from anywhere besides North Dakota, Minnesota, and Canada, right? It's just so amazing how many awesome hockey players come from that neck of the woods. So two-part question. When you were first sort of researching the background of what you wanted this to be about, how important is sort of that state of place and, and just the, the way that hockey dominates just uh, sort of the culture in that part of the world? And, and why? Why is hockey so prominent? Where You guys are all from Minnesota, right? So where, why is it so popular? Why is it such a way of life? Well, you, can, you probably understand it here in, in Montana, too. I mean, sure. when you're in the depth of winter, you've right. got to find something to, like, keep your motor running, right? Right. So up there, that it's hockey, and it has been for almost 100 years. Um, and, and hockey land maybe is not entirely confined to, like, one geographic state, right? It bleeds over into North Dakota, sure. a little bit into Wisconsin. But Minnesota has more NHL players than any other state. Uh, there's never been a U.S. gold medal hockey team without a player from Eveleth, Minnesota on it. That's, <laughs> That's a town amazing. of 5,000. 
6,000 people. That's crazy. So, I mean, hockey is life. It's the glue that holds these communities together. And not only that, but they are, you know, raising the best hockey players in, in the United States in that part of the country. And Ben, you're the cinematographer, one of the cinematographers for this movie. So uh, what was that experience like, particularly because I'm sure you're very familiar with hockey, but it's such an, a fast-paced sport, right? I, mean, I, think, I actually think, and this was reemphasized to me with the return of Grizz Hockey to this community and going to hockey almost every weekend this last winter, hockey is actually the least translatable sport to television, I think, of any sport. Because you, you can't see half of what's going on in a hockey game if you're following the puck, right? You don't see the line changes, you don't see the stuff. But what were the, some of the challenges for you uh, in filming this? Because I'm sure sort of that fast-paced nature, it makes it tough to sort of capture the human element while also getting the great action shot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, for the record, I'm the one guy who's actually from Iowa. Oh, there you go. So okay. I, I okay. had to learn learn the game <laughs> as I was shooting. And so okay. You learn quickly that, you know, ultimately we do want to capture the goals and the hits and stuff, but it's also, it's about our protagonists. It's about the guys in the film. It's about coach. And we have them mic'd up for these games, so we know what's going on. We know what they're going to do because we can hear them. And so I think, yeah, it's just following uh, as closely as we can, like, what are these guys doing? And, yeah, trying to get the best action of the game. But it's hard. Hockey's really fast. So um, we learned a lot shooting, and I think we got better at it as it went on. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks for joining us here on a Monday. Tommy Haynes, Andrew Sherburn, Ben Handler, all three integral parts of the production and now debut of Hockeyland here at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival in Missoula. And, Tommy, we don't want to have much of a spoiler alert for this, but I always ask all of the filmmakers this question, and I'll ask each of the two of you guys after this as well. What is sort of the the main thesis of this movie or the main point? What What do you hope that people gain from it when they watch it? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something we were looking at going in. Like, you know, what what do we want the audiences to take from this? Um, and and hopefully this film can speak to more than just hockey fans. It's I think it's I really do truly think it's a great sports film. Uh, it connects with the you know our four main guys, our four protagonists, and kind of the hopes and dreams of those guys. And I think most people that, that play sports have those aspirations of playing at a greater level, whether it's Olympics or pro or whatever that is. And so hopefully by the end of the film you're rooting for these guys, but also not just uh, not as hockey players, but just as you know as humans. And there's a lot of films. That that, that I think need to be told now about, you know, how we're raising our kids, kind of the, uh, all the adversity they're going through now um, with mental health and, and everything that's happening to them. Hopefully this film kind of sheds a light on that and say, like, yeah, yeah, we hope these, these boys we're raising now uh, turn into good men. And, and Andrew, the, um, there is a parallel, because you mentioned sort of the parallel between cabin fever that exists in these cold-weather climates. And uh, I'm actually, this is a teaser for later. I won't waste too much time explaining this whole thing, but I'm actually diving into a project writing a book this upcoming summer, and it's going to be about the dynamic of the phenomenon of football in the state of Montana, but also that almost to a man, every guy that ever grew up in Montana that went on then to play the National Football League is not from Missoula or Billings or Bozeman, these towns we consider like the big towns in Montana. They're from the nowhere towns. They're from the 2,000-person town, the 500-person town. I mean, there's as many guys that played eight-man football in high school that went to the NFL from Montana as there is from Billings, which is, you know, close to a quarter million people in the Metroplex now. So uh, it's a fascinating dynamic. It seems like there's a similar dynamic here, though, as well. So uh, is that part of this sort of the storytelling of this film? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a certain sense of place that that exists in this film, and it, I'm actually I'm the big city guy. I'm I grew up in the Twin Cities, and uh-huh. yeah, and and I can't skate like these guys can sure. skate, right? I mean, hockey up north is just a completely different thing, and the passion that exists in these communities and the resources they have. I mean, they've got public rinks in all these towns that where there's you know just a handful of people, so there's plenty of ice time. There's plenty of passionate adults that can be mentors and coaches and and the leaders in these communities that pass it on from generation to generation and then there's a group of kids that this is the bond that they've formed and that they carry it through from when they're really little until they get to that senior year and most of these protagonists these are guys that are in the nhl currently right 
or at least uh, had an opportunity to be. Well, so so this is uh, these are two high school teams, and sure. so it's it's a senior year, and so now uh, you know this was two years ago. Sure. And so now okay, we've okay. got A couple of guys. Right. Uh, There's uh, just a couple subjects in the film that they yeah. also went on to play pro hockey. Well, right? So one of uh, one of the the players is drafted by the Canadians, sure. and so he's a you know hopefully a future NHL prospect, and we got some guys going to college that certainly still have a chance to to go play at a higher level. So yeah, I mean there's incredible talent up there. For yeah. sure. Well, Ben, uh, oftentimes the guy behind the camera, the guy that's on the other side of the lens, sees a lot of stuff first and more prevalently than anybody else involved in the film. So is there anything you saw that surprised you or that you learned from from this that maybe you didn't expect to learn when you started filming this movie? Uh, um, I mean, I guess we spent a lot of time with, you know, 18-year-old kids. Sure. And um, I don't know. In a lot of ways, it would be what you'd expect. Like, these kids... They're they're dealing with a lot, right? But they spend a lot of time on their phones, you know. But also, they're trying to navigate like a really tough time, I guess, to be a kid. And I mean, I, I guess I learned I'm 32. I learned maybe there's a bigger gulf between me at 32 than what oh, it was like sure. to be 18. You know, oh, for I, sure. I felt distance from them, but I still felt like I understood what they were going through. But hopefully, we convey what it's like to be 18. And, you know, I don't want to be 18 again, but I got to experience it a little bit. For sure. Well, this, this is my new theory on life. Generations used to be considered like 25 years apart. No, it's a new generation like every three to five years. It just depends on when this piece of technology hit your life. When did you become available to text somebody at all the time? What did that happen to you? How old were you, right? When did you get Facebook? Things like that. So it is fascinating sort of analyzing kids in this day and age though, right? What was it like just from uh, sort of listening to them speak and tell their stories? Because I think that one of the things about my job that has improved so much is kids now are way less irreverent and way more articulate when you talk about them speaking. I mean, I'm so impressed with the high school kids that we have on the show all the time. Did you sort of experience that with these guys when you were uh, going through it and and, uh, learning from some of the younger guys? Yeah, I mean, our main guy, Elliot Van Orstel, he's just, uh, it was was shocking how mature he was on camera, and the the things coming out of his mouth, I couldn't believe it half the time. It's like, he's so articulate, and and then, you know, Blake Biondi, he's our big Montreal Canadiens draft pick, and, uh, you know, he's he's been interviewed by local press, you know, since the kid was 14, so he was already kind of versed in, like, having media around and cameras around, so yeah, it was was very surprising for us to have these guys just so well-spoken. Here's what we're going to do. We're kind of up against this. We're going to take one more break, maybe a little bit of time for a further discussion. So keep it right here. Several men from Hockeyland here in studio. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. More Big Sky Doc Fest coming at you. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, You can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What up, Montana? Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks for kicking it with us here on a Monday. I was having withdrawals. My main man, Marty Morningwig, 25-plus years in the NFL, and then a season of this, the second hour of every Monday show, football's over. So I was uh, not knowing what to do with myself at the beginning of this show, but we made sure to make up for it and then some. Missed anything in today's show? Had the Montana Basketball Hour for the first hour of the show, and we've been doing nothing but Big Sky Doc Fest here the second hour of the show. Our Andrew Houghton had a great interview with Henna Taylor from An Accidental Life, a climbing documentary that debuts tomorrow evening, 945 at the Wilma. And now I, Coulter Nuanas, in studio with Tommy Haynes, Andrew Sherburn, and Ben Handler from the movie Hockeyland. You missed anything in the show, you can find it always on the Nuanas Now podcast. You can also find these DocFest interviews on a separate podcast feed, courtesy of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. 
The Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Sports Bet Montana and The Advocate. So please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tomorrow, we'll have a fun show for you, including Sophia Styles from the University of Montana women's basketball team, Danny Sprinkle, head coach for the Montana State men's basketball team, and two more Big Sky Doc Fest interviews as well. So stay tuned for that. Guys, we only have about two minutes left. But uh, first, Tommy, tell people, even though this film debuted at the Wilma yesterday, still plenty of opportunity for people to watch this, but they got to do it now, right? Just a couple days left for the stream. Yep, yep. Big Sky's got uh, on their website, just go to Big Sky, uh, and, and it'll play for the next four days. But we're then, we're out, and we're right. not coming back until September. So this is your kind of chance in Montana to watch, to watch the film. So, yeah, hopefully pe- people check the feed. And uh, I think it's a great film. I'm really proud of what it's become. And uh, I think with this budding hockey population here totally. in Montana, I think they're going to dig it. Totally. Anything else to add? Uh, is this as far as what you hope people get from this or why you think they should watch it? Well, I mean, if, if you're not playing hockey, it sounds like it's hard to get ice time over right. the ice rink. <laughs> so right. uh, if you got to get your fix, you should uh, obviously you know get some hockey at home. So, yeah, absolutely. Maybe I should stream it down there. Everybody there waiting for the ice. Yeah, in the warming room over there. Yeah. The shack, yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, so, again, if you want to go to the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival website, it's an awesome website. You can find all the different films, schedules, trailers, all that stuff. You can also get signed up for a login. You can get the virtual pass. You can stream all this stuff anytime until the virtual theater closes. So like they said, just four days left here. So go ahead and go over there and do all that. Ben, anything last uh, last thing to add here in the last minute here? Oh, I think they covered it pretty good. Well, good. <laughs> well, good. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in. And again, Hockey Land debuted yesterday at uh, the Wilma. And uh, you'll be, you got four days left to watch it. Go check it out because I think there's a, some very interesting parallels to both the burgeoning hockey culture here in, in Missoula and in Montana, but also some parallels from small towns and sort of the, the sense of place and the point of origin for our athletes and sort of the, the coming-of-age ceremony that sports can be. Guys, this was awesome. Thanks so much for being in here. Yeah, yeah thanks, Colton. Appreciate we it. We will be back at it tomorrow. Very much looking forward to it. We won't have a business angle with Justin Angle because – well, he's supposed to be skiing up at Whitefish, but he might be getting frostbite instead. But uh, University of Montana business professional will be back with us. We have a bunch of hoops interviews for you, plus two more Big Sky Doc Fest interviews. Nuana is now 4 to 6 each and every weekday here on ESPN Radio. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great evening. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.